The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. It failed. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. The year is 2260. The show, the name of the pod. Episode 49, A Day in the Strife, in which Jakar must make difficult decisions regarding the resistance on the homeworld, and an alien probe makes a generous offer. Welcome to The Name of the Pod, the Babylon 5 podcast about the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990 sci-fi television program Babylon 5. I am John Cassie, and I am joined as always by my dear friend and co-host, Chris Tatro. Here we are once again. Here we are once again, Chris. We're, uh, we're, we're, we're starting our way through season three. Yes. Yep. Here up to the third episode, A Day in the Strife. Uh, a Day in the Strife. And there is a fair amount of strifing, yeah. isn't there? Title's a little too clever by half. A little too clever by half. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's okay. We, uh, we sometimes yeah. get that in sci-fi TV. That's true. Yeah. Particularly on this program. Did I say that? Mm. Am I being negative? It's no who mourns for Adonis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, quite. Yes. Quite. The Naked Now? Really? Mm, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, to the point about um, things that may be, uh, may be great a little bit, mm. um, we have decided that we're not going to talk about the fact that this episode features a very special component about stim abuse. Mm, a very special episode. Kids. That's all we're saying about it. Just say no to stims. Say no to stims. Mm-hmm. And say no to writing about that kind of stuff in that way. Because yeah. it drives me crazy. Yeah. Done. Done. Uh, I, I think with the exception of that, we've got ourselves a pretty fine episode. Yes. Completely yeah, agree. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of angst. You know, a lot, a lot of... You know, characters in very... In, Hard places, dark places. Yeah, yeah. Trying you know, to trying to work through things that really aren't workable through, at least not in any kind of uh, kind of easy way. Right, that's, that's right. definitely and true. Everyone is, everyone's kind of being pushed to extremis uh, at this point right. by the situations, uh, many of which are of their own making. Uh, mostly of their own making, or, aren't or they? Mostly of Londo's making. Or of Londo's making, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, when we start, we start with Londo. We've got his, we've got his disgustingly racist interview with Nafar, mm-hmm. which Veer properly calls him out on, right? Um, and we've got Londo's. Um, you know, conversation with Delenn where she more or less invalidates their entire relationship. Yeah. Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it isn't whatever, you know, Londo, whatever you want to think this was, I'm not even going to give you the dignity of having the satisfaction of me not calling you on it right to your face. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shame you publicly. Right, uh, oh, not publicly, but I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna shame you to your face. Right. Yeah. Um, 
you know, there's, there's, we've, we've talked a lot about how great the part of Londo Malari is acted by Peter Jurassic. And this is just another example of why Jurassic is so good because he's kind of, he's kind of emotionally all over the place and yeah. sort of politically all over the place in this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in the way that a person who is alone, I have always been alone, but who really craves the social, mm-hmm. you know, might be. Um, you know, I note the absence of Garibaldi with Londo. Right. Well, we saw we saw Garibaldi do the same thing as Delenn last season, and sort Indeed. of you know talk to the hand. You know, right. You're I'm, done. I'm referencing '90s, uh, uh, you know, terminology there. That's right. Yes. Slang. Yeah. Look at how clever you are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Londo has lost or or pushed away every connection that he has. He's, yep. he, he, we saw him a couple of weeks ago telling Morden to take a hike. I wouldn't right. exactly call that friendly, but it was a, a, a relationship of sorts. Uh, right. Garibaldi's done with him. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've seen from pretty much day one that Sheridan has no interest. Right. Uh, there's never been anything between Londo and, and Ivanova. I don't think I, I'm trying to remember any scenes they've had together. I don't think they've ever had a scene that isn't part of their official duties. Yeah. Um, and as he says, you know, uh, to Delenn, when he, when he said, uh, you know, I, I miss how we used to talk or, or some, well, forget the line. And as he said that, I, I thought to myself, hmm, I don't remember any scenes of the two of them talking. And then she <laughs> just puts the nail in the coffin. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's uh, and now he and now he sends away Veer. Right. So he's right. he's backed himself into into this position uh, that he's none too happy with. And we've, we've talked before about uh, that Londo seems to be trying to find either a way out of his situation or a way to find peace with the situation. And I mm-hmm. never really is able to get there and I'm not sure deserves either one. Yeah. He does go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on that. Doesn't he, mm. you know, that he, if he could find, himself on stable ground either either way but well he wants he just, both. He just right right he which wants is part his, of the problem isn't yeah, it yeah yeah he he had you know a a, a the stable personal relationships we saw really at the start of season 1 yes fairly i mean he and even he and Jakar were on fairly decent terms they were they would, you know, only try to kill each other every fifth episode or so. <laughs> right. But, uh, but he didn't have any power. Right. And the more power he gets, the, you know, his relationship meter goes down. It's a, right. you know, he's, uh, because he's not caring about how he gets the power. I'm not saying anything deep or profound here. That's just how right. it is. That's just how it is. Right. Um, and... <clears throat> You know, in the the Lurker's Guide, last couple of episodes, talk. You know, there's uh, there's content from JMS about how Londo goes from being sort of. I mean, he's very hard to like, and then he sort of gets back into your graces, and then almost immediately he's back out again, and then he's sort of back in. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't. 
I don't think that that's the relationship that I, as a viewer, have with Londo <laughs> right now. Right. Right. You, you know, I, 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 look at, I look at his sort of glibness, and I view it as almost defiling, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, no, you're, you're part of a genocidal regime. You, you, don't, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right? And I'll, I'll, I'll say it again. His interview with Nafar reveals a uh, a despicable racism that that I'm not sure I felt previously. I mean, it was very discomforting to see it yeah. in the way that we saw. I mean, this is a you know this is a subordinate. He's kicking a subordinate. He's kicking someone who's already on his knees. I mean, that is not okay. And it's not something, it's not the way he would have talked to Jakar. I don't no. think it's the way he would have talked to any other Narn who was not already a collaborator? Collaborator? Quizling? Collaborator. Quizzling. Yeah, I think that's the right word, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's somewhere in that. Yeah, Nafar is a collaborator, isn't he? Yeah, he's, I mean... Talon, a little less, maybe. I think so. I think definitely but less. But Nafar definitely is. But it's this, it, it's this, cent, the central question of that whole arc of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you resist this oppression and this occupation? Right. You know, do you, uh, do you do whatever you have to do and keep fighting? Or do you go along and try to make it easier for everyone um, right and you know well i mean clearly is it's it's something that's that people struggle with throughout the world throughout history sure what's what's the right way to deal with this if we can just if we can surrender and we can work with this occupying these centauri then then they won't be so bad to us maybe we can we can we can make this work um Right. The time of resistance will come. Mm-hmm. It is not now. Right. We appreciate that you have dropships bringing in food, but it isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And you are not on the home world, so you have no idea how bad the circumstances actually are. Right. Oh, I assure you, Ambassador, the streets are safe mm-hmm. because they're, all the they're streets empty. that exist are empty. Yeah. Because all the people who lived in those cities are dead because of you, mm. right? Yeah. And we get these sort of wildly exaggerated figures of how many have died. Tens right. of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, mm-hmm. right? They may uh, not yeah, know. It's probably, it's, it's, maybe it's the tens of millions. Who knows, right? Yeah. We saw what the Centauri were doing. Right. I mean, and yeah, mass drivers, mass asteroids. Drivers. Yeah, that's going right. to mess up a populated area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's going to make a planet virtually in uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Yeah. I mean, what what do you what do you think anyone who isn't a total barbarian like you is going to think Londo? Yeah. Right. And this collaborating uh Nafar, you know, kind of an agent of the Centauri occupation. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time applying the kind of moral judgment against him that I might against a collaborator in another context. 
Right. You know, which, it's like, well, you could be right, Defar. You could be right. Which just, I think, sh- speaks to the, the, the quality of the writing here. Yeah, right. They could have very easily brought him in to be detestable. You know, a right. coward. Um, right. You know, some a lesser show would have uh, would have not had us sympathize with him. It would have yes. it would have simply used him to strengthen Jakar's position. Right, right. But, but as but it turns out, we're left not knowing which of them are, right. are either of them right. Yeah, ugly. Yeah, right, right. Messy. I, I, I think that. I think that we're. Well, I, th- I ultimately take away. The perspective that. Uh, anything short of. A Jakar-led act of resistance is not the correct path because he's one of our main characters, and you know, right, we're, right. You know, he's he's the he's the hero of the epic. He's the farm boy, you know, who's right, going to you know, right, rise yeah. up and yeah, yeah. If if we if we want to be led to the place where we accept this sort of collaboration perspective, mm. Jakar has to be the one to make the case, right. Right. Now, he was prepared to go back, mm-hmm. which I thought was a, a place of personal courage. The needs of the man. Because he's most certainly going to die. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's no question that he'd be, you know, kangaroo court, mm-hmm. you know, war crimes, done. Right. Right. right? Um, and all those different Narn perspectives, all of those different characters... You taught us this, but you taught us this other thing. Mm-hmm. This third point, this fourth point. I thought that was very nicely done. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's it's it, we're here in the mid '90s, right? And we've broken free of the gravity well of the '80s and earlier television, where there is only black and white morality right um right that there is there is pure dualistic thinking you know we're we're moving into television and i think this is again you know it's a trend-setting show otherwise Uh we wouldn't be talking about it you know almost 30 years later uh that is one of the first to really give us these kinds of shades of gray Quite. Yeah. That you now uh, see, you know, every every show doing, you know. Every show does it now. It would if if a show came out and presented a you know, a the, the mustache twirling villain, you know, it's it's just it's seen as unrealistic. It's seen as you know, that's that's dumb. There's no depth to this character. Right, right. Um Yeah, the fact the fact that they could that they could make Nafar believable likable his position understandable and yet also completely wrong mm-hmm. nicely done in one episode in one episode right nicely done I mean how many episodes did it take for us to to get to more or less the same place with with Gul Dukat I'm not sure we ever arrived 
he was so complicated. Yeah. Right. And, and it's not, know, I different... mean, the, the, the parallels aren't exact there. You know, he, he's more of yeah. the Londo in our equation, you know, for taking yeah, the SATs. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, this, this collaboration storyline mm-hmm. uh, is in the first, it's the first seven or eight episodes of season six of Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Where the station is under Dominion occupation, right? And you've got Major Kira and Odo, uh, who essentially work with the Dominion regime mm-hmm. to try to maintain, uh, y- you know, sort of Federation standard mm-hmm. uh, practice on the station, and they. Those two characters grapple immensely, and without, and not productively, right? They're just yeah. angst-ridden, right, yeah. about whether what they're doing is collaborating, and it's fascinating, especially considering um, considering uh, Kira's history, a backstory. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's um, that's a very yeah. interesting position to put her in. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, pivoting off of Nafar, I was delighted that Talon was back. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't yeah. you know we didn't get a lot of character development out of him in the first time we met him, but you know right. here he is again, and I suspect we'll see him. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, even more. He, I mean, he's not uh, he's not Natoth's replacement, but no, but it's still it's. But he's it's, a good character. He is, and it's good to have some other, you know, Narn voices. Like I said last week, consistent characters, so that we don't have right. somebody new coming in. And if we're not going to have Natoth, you know, it's good to have somebody. Right. Who can who can play right. a very different role than Natoth would be able to? Right, right. One of the things we chatted about in the in the pre-show was this um, this sort of increasing apotheosis of Shakar. You know, the more he becomes a kind of um, Christ figure, God figure, the more he ascends into a kind of you know, uh, uh, like a like a like a visionary Cassandra, mm-hmm. the less accessible he is as a, just as a character. And so maybe Talon at some point is going to be more of a viewpoint character for us as Jakar's journey takes him to, uh, you know, to these places of, of great spiritual depth, but maybe, mm-hmm. m- maybe harder to access him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, just as a kind of, you know, you know, we don't really have the Lieutenant Commander Takashima yeah. Jakar anymore. I mean, no. this is this is Jakar who, when he shouts, is shouting about uh, you know religious texts and <laughs> core moral values, and uh, you know yes. rather than uh, you know shipping charges and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know and uh, and you know loading fees like um, like our friends in the in the transport union. Oh, yeah, the transport yeah. union scene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, both of them. Maybe the maybe the stims piece was not the only sort of weakness <laughs> in the episode. Um, and here's the problem: is you yeah. know that Sheridan sort of marching up to this guy and handing him the gun, and you know, it, and and it's come on. Okay. I think I think it's an artifact of the '90s, but I could see a show doing it today. That that's presented as like the cool badass thing yep. and not as the yes he pulled out the cap but 
not right. as the ridiculous, um, non-diplomatic, antagonizing, right? right. Uh, you know, thing that it that it that it is. Uh, I, I right. It didn't give me a lot more respect for Sheridan as a character. No, and I think it was no. supposed to. Yeah, it's uh, you know it, it's an example of this kind of writing trap that we sometimes find ourselves in on this program, right? Where JMS's instincts as a writer and our instincts as viewers misalign, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to criticize. It doesn't yeah. resonate for me. Yeah. That's um, not to say that it's that it's bad, but that does that kind of thing does not resonate for me. Yeah. He's, and he's in he's in a position where there's more responsibility than you know than being the steely eyed sheriff, right. who's just going to kind of march up and stare down the desperado. Right. Yeah. You know, and. And that's 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 not what we need from a from a commanding officer, right? Yeah, I just I just read as sort of silly, mm. right? It's like if you're if this is if you're trying to use this to make to to get a point across. Sorry, mm. it didn't work. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, unless the point is, look, this guy is actually a loose cannon. Don't it, trust him. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, we yeah. kind of knew that. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't necessarily need this to 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 yeah. carry that forward, but mm-hmm. um, it certainly, you know, did not uh, did not resonate for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it did give us a little bit more uh, kind of proof that if you want a complicated diplomatic matter <laughs> handled, you probably want to handle it. Through Ivanova's, you know, channels rather than through Sheridan's. Um, if this would have been the nice place to have a, a commercial telepath or, you know, Mister what's his name Corwin, you know, have Ivanova with some deputy to her. Mm-hmm. That might have been more, or or more have effective. you know some place to showcase her diplomatic skills. Right, we've been touting them and how much they developed over the course of season two, but right. but they're I feel that they're kind of taken for granted that that she's just kind of maintaining you know standard operating procedure, uh-huh. and, and whereas this loose cannon stuff that Sheridan pulls, you know, gets all the the headlines and the and the and the attention, right? You know, it would have been. It would have been a, a a good situation for her to see her calmly but resolutely, because she has no other mode. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, settle right. this 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 dispute and get everybody to maybe not go away happy, but to sort of calm down and and go away. Right. You know, reach some sort of accord that that maybe that nobody is happy with. Right, yeah, it's sort of Ivanova as diffuser. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would have been a little bit more as, persuasive, I think. As opposed to her just standing there at the end, sort of shouting and ranting, and no one's paying attention to her, which was, was pretty undermining. Right, and probably caused in large measure by Sheridan, Sheridan's behavior. Mm. Yeah. 
right? So she's sort of done in one way or the other. Mm. Um, what did you make of the robot probe C story? This seemed like there was a lot of stuff crammed into this guy. There was a lot going on, yeah. Um, yeah. I had some logistical issues with the with the robot probe uh, mission. Okay. Okay, so, so the idea here is that it goes out, sends its questions. You answer, it blows you up. Presumably, any civilization advanced enough to be able to answer these questions doesn't have its entire population in one location. Okay. So why so, have we not had 50 of these encounters already? Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. Why isn't okay. there sort of word that, the hey, there's these things out here and they're asking questions and uh, then they blow up. If you answer them, don't answer them. Um, or, <laughs> yeah, 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 okay. You know, or, you know, they, because if it had blown up Babylon 5, well, you know, now Earth knows about it. So, right. So really, what is it in service of? You know, how, how is this supposed to work? to wipe out a civilization that, that could potentially be a threat. Instead of that, I think it's just creating an enemy. Oh, you blew up our station? Well, now we're going to rally our troops, and we're going to find who sent this probe out, mm. and we're going to come after you. Yeah. Which seems ant- antithetical to, to the purpose of the probe. Yeah. Yeah, it was very puzzling to me. I, I think it was another way to sort of show off Sheridan. You know, everyone else is like, oh yeah, let's give it. They're going to, they're offering us this stuff, but Sheridan's gut instinct and he's work, he's working from the gut, just like he did in that crowd. Uh, He's, you know, tells him that, that this is the right call. Um, And go ahead. uh, Yeah. That, that, oh, it's my hunch, it's my gut call, right? Mm. We had the same thing last episode with Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. I got a hunch that it's a, I, I, I bet it's a, I bet it's a bomb on the outside, uh, yeah. probably near one of the main reactors. Mm. Uh, go how out can, and look there. How convenient. Right? Uh, yeah, it's like, no, no, I never, ever want someone's random hunch in the ninth, you know, in the mm. ninth hour yeah to be the solution i mean that's just i don't mm-hmm. and i don't, it just feels either lazy or stupid yeah. and he's not stupid no so no. you know and the 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 conclusion that sheridan comes to right feels like one that's driven by more cynicism Oh, than he okay. has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. everyone else is like, oh, they're going to give us all this all this great technology and knowledge and information, and this is going to be awesome. And everyone right. else is buying into it through a sense of optimism and, and sort of space brotherhood um, kind of thing, yep. Yep. Uh, where he's the one that comes in and says, this is fishy, I don't buy it. Right. But, and yeah, okay, he's he's distrustful, we've got that, but the fact that it, that everyone else was on board with it up to that point, that even Ivanova didn't question it. Right. You know, was, was a little puzzling. Um, I recently uh, read or listened to the audio book of uh, the dark forest. By, okay. What's uh, that? I'm, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Uh, Xi Jin Liu. 
It's the second. Oh, this is it's, the, it's, uh, it's the the second book of the uh, the, the three body problem. Oh, series. three body Re- problem. Remembrance, right. Remembrances of Earth's past. I think is the actual name of the trilogy. Anyway. Uh, we read, John and I read Three Body Problem as part of a book club uh, last year at some point. And while our book club companions were not as enthused by it, um, they're they not, I would say they're not fans of the hard science fiction. Uh-huh. Um, and there was definitely some good, some some hard math and conceptual oh, yeah. sci-fi in that one. Um, oh, yeah. I thought that book was ridiculously good. Really liked uh, it. Yeah. 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 Um, but Pretty it, hard. Yeah, yeah. Pretty hard, you know, both from a the the conceptual physics and and the the hard sci fineness, but also the Chineseness. Culturally, right? it was yeah. It the was... cultural stuff was like, I know I'm not getting some of this, mm-hmm. but it was dynamite. You know, yeah. folks listening, uh, if you haven't read Three Body Problem, you know, run, don't walk. Especially if you're if you're a fan of Babylon Five, which tells me that you like a lot of the hard science fiction oh, and a lot sure. of the big concept stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Really recommend it. Um, yep. So I just finished the second book, and I'm going to go okay. on to the third one. I didn't like the second as much, but uh, okay. the reason I bring it up here is there's a there's a similar concept uh, of you know, what how do you suss out the intentions of another civilization in the galaxy that you stumble across. Okay. And there's a concept, uh, the, the chain of suspicion, it's called. Interesting. Which is, which basically says, I, I encounter your civilization. I have two choices. I can either mm-hmm. see you as, as uh, benevolent, or I can see you as hostile. Okay. Um, you don't know how I perceive you. Yes. So your reaction is trying to guess whether I'm perceiving you as benevolent <laughs> or hostile. I don't know what you're guessing, what my approach is. And, yeah. and back and forth. And, and so clearly I cannot choose the cup in front of you. you know, That's right. That's right. With, yeah. With yeah, yeah. That. I've, but, I've made but myself immune to Iocane powder. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. but at the, at the end of the day, um, the the conclusion is that you just have to treat other civilizations as hostile. I see. Because somewhere along that chain of suspicion, it's going to break down. Uh, I see. And and there is no there is no benefit by by assuming that the other one's going to be treating you as beneficial is is going to be seeing you as being benevolent when that may not be the case and and so the 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 like the conclusion at the end of it all is is really um well if you come across another civilization you'd you'd better stomp them out before they Mm. stomp you out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and 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 that was very much the 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 approach that i saw sheridan taking here is real you he's 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 gone down that chain of suspicion and really, the only conclusion he can come to is this has to be a threat. You know, it's, right it's, because no other. At the end of the day, no other, no other alternative conclusion is defensible. Right, right. right. If I if I give you this technology and elevate you and make you equal to or superior to me, then you are going to turn against me because now I'm inferior. 
Right. So I, we start off and I'm in a better position. I, I, you know, I elevate you. Oh, now I'm going to be stomped on. So right. I better just, you know, mash you under my heel right now. Um, which really flies. In, I mean, I mentioned, you know, space, space brotherhood and, and optimism and stuff. Yeah, and it right. seems it, it really seems it seems like the opposite end of the spectrum from a lot of, you know, uh, you know Federation, Star Trek, the culture kind of, uh, you know, right. Kind of science fiction uh, elements that we see out there. Um, and it was the presented culture basically point. ignores these sort of low, low power um, civilizations, though, as a rule. You it know, does. Yeah. It and, monitors them, but it doesn't. Right. We're talking about Ian Banks's <laughs> the culture, you know, in the, the yeah. his 10 or 12 novel, uh, you know, mediation on a, a a human society so far advanced as to be unrecognizable. Right. Right. And there really awesome isn't books. a, a yeah. there isn't a, uh, well, I haven't read more than one of them, so I shouldn't speak from, from a position of authority, but it's never stopped me before. So, it, you know, it's hard to have another, another civilization that is a threat to the culture because of how, how far along it is. Correct. You know, yeah. there are, there are, in, there are smaller or more individual threats, but, but, you know, you don't really, you don't see something. It's hard to even imagine something that would, you know, something short of like godlike power to, mm-hmm. to warp reality at a, at a, at a touch. Yeah. Um, one of the, um, one of the culture novels features what the culture itself sort of describes as a black swan event, mm-hmm. right? Like we are not certain that all of our processing power can de- can determine what's actually happening in any meaningful way so that we can react against it. So it's paralyzing, right? And the culture and paralysis is very, very, very frightening, right? So, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's good. You know, the first three novels are, uh, you know, Consider Phlebas, uh, Use of Weapons, Player of Games. I think I've got Player of Games and Use of Weapons out of order. Those are A plus, A plus, A plus. Read them. You must read, you know, go, run, don't walk. Yeah, go and know. read. Yes. Go and read. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All those are much more, much more plausible. You know, I, we, we've had these sort of probe interaction episodes. Uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. the entire, it's the whole of Star Trek, the motion picture. It's uh, it's nomad. You know, it's the doomsday machine. Right. And somehow Star this Trek just. Four. It's Star Trek Four. It's Gort. It's mm-hmm. to serve man. It's we've done this. Yeah. Right. I just it just felt like what you have seven minutes to fill of content, and this mm. is bring Brother Theo back. Mm-hmm. Right. Do I mean do virtually anything? It just oh, seems yeah. strange. Get, get get Brother Theo and his and his crew working on answering some of these questions. They'll have they'll have the homework done in twenty minutes. Right. Right. Yeah. I would have much rather have had seven minutes of Marcus. Yeah. You know. Flesh out the white star a little bit. Take mm-hmm. us on a little mission. Do something like that. Now, maybe yeah. they didn't do that because it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, materially expensive to make, you know, all those shots. But sure. they took a hundred shots of that probe orbiting yeah. Babylon 5. Yeah. I don't know. And and again, maybe, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but if this is just a one-off thing and we never even consider who is it that sent this probe along, you know, that would certainly seem to me to be a pretty burning question. I'd want to know. It it would 
yeah, it would be a yeah. security <laughs> concern. Yeah, right. At a large I'd, level. I'd devote resources to answering that question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could spin an entire show off of that kind of concept. Entire series. Well, hell, just what we, we just yeah. gave you two movies. Right. Right? It's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. It's Arrival. Yeah. Right? This is just sort of a not, yeah. not as a resonant example. Right. Maybe because they didn't spend as much time on it. I don't know. Yeah, could be. You know, um, give it 20 minutes and maybe it works. Yeah, yeah. Give it give it a little more room to breathe. Um, there's, it, it's also interesting. Um, last week I started checking out the, the new uh, Zachary Quinto hosted In Search Of. Yes. Um, and we've, we've sung the praises of the old classic uh, In Search Of right. in the past. Um, I'm going to withhold my judgment. I'm not oh. going to be a hater yet. Okay. Publicly. <laughs> um, I, I didn't find it as captivating, but I've only seen two episodes. Uh, but fan, fortunately, the first one was about aliens. And, well, uh, naturally. Well, I mean, you got to start. you got to start on familiar ground. That's um, right. If, if it's not going to be the Loch Ness Monster, you know, I'll take aliens. That's fine. Right. Um, and they... You know, they they talked to uh, abductees and they they talked to um, people that work with SETI. And then they went and talked with some folks, uh, with a a person uh, in charge of the METI project. Are you familiar with that one? Negative. Messaging extraterrestrial intelligence. Oh. So instead of listening, they're sending messages out into the ether. You know, Hmm. same kind of concept as as the Voyager probe. Yeah, you know, we're, we're we're beaming stuff out, saying, "Hey, here we are." That seems um, unwise. That was exactly the point <laughs> that, that that I was going to bring up is is that they've gotten a lot of uh, of, of flack from people uh, saying uh. Like, this is a stupendously bad idea because anyone who can get the me- the message and do anything about it is going to be sufficiently advanced enough to make us probably not happy. With right. the fact that they've they've picked up our message, so right. I, I think that you know again chain of suspicion. It's, sure, yeah, right. You know, it's 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 you know in in reality, it's I mean it's a discussion that's going on in the world around us today. You know, right. Do we, interesting. Do we yeah, want to make these kind of first contacts? What happens when you know when somebody shows up? Is it going to be close encounters where they you know they take a couple people and they're you know happy and you know kind, or right. is it going to be? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Probably not. No. What are right. the odds? No. Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame me. Yeah. I voted for Kodos. Yeah. <laughs> the politics of failure have failed. Um, yeah. Yeah, that seems gravely unwise. Yeah. And that's sort of, I don't know what else to say. It just, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing that. It's the fickle finger of fate. You're asking for it. I, really, kind of are. I'd rather I'd rather keep kind of a low profile until we have some kind of, uh, you know, orbital defense, you know, <laughs> fleet uh, yeah. built. Well, well, Chris, we're gonna have one soon enough. Oh, that's right, Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Well, we and we we did talk back in our conspiracy episode uh, about the uh, the secret solar fleet. Um, uh, right. That uh, that allegedly God is out blessed. there based on the backside of the moon. So, yeah. but that's a United Nations thing. That's you know, we got we got to have our own. Right. Yeah. Give me strength. <laughs> 
How are we going to get to Iskandar if we don't have a space force, John? Hello. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, Japanese uh, World Battleships. War II era surplus mm-hmm. sitting around that we could put a wave motion engine in. You see? Come you on, see? people. Now you're thinking. <laughs> get your act together. Yeah. Well, we haven't been given the Cosmo DNA yet. Oh, not the Cosmo. No, the plans for the wave motion gun yeah. engine. We have to go there you to know. get the Cosmo DNA. We have to go. Right. Right. It's uh, Starsha's sister. Mm-hmm. Do you remember her name? No. Astra. 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 Yeah. Uh, I have one one last thing I want to raise uh, in this episode, and then mm-hmm. we'll call it. Yes. So, IMDb watch. Look at uh. me bringing back IMDb corner. What, what, what? What, what, what? Okay. Um, Stephen Macht. Stephen Macht. Who okay. is Nafar. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. very fine actor. Uh-huh. Did a yeah. nice job. I thought okay. so, absolutely. I looked him up. He's, gonna, his I'm name is drop. Purple on my IMDb page, so I yeah. must have looked at him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop a load on you. You ready? Drop that load. He was, he was Gene Roddenberry's first choice to play Jean-Luc Picard. Huh. Really? Let and me take a know, look you, at a picture you, you of You him, look yeah. at his photo out of makeup and it's like oh i've seen you in a million things yeah yeah i'm thinking right. that right now as i look although his yeah. his resume on imdb is uh oh there's atlas shrug too um <sighs> yeah okay wow huh yeah he was he was the one that uh do you do you happen to cr- recall what what happened to keep him from uh uh, no idea. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. Very interesting. I didn't read about any of that. Well, he did but. show up eventually on Deep Space Nine as yeah. General Krim. General Krim. Mm. Good name. Yeah. Columbo. Yeah. Well, I don't see him on the. Re- I'm looking for the requisite uh, I mean, um, uh, Law and Order uh, appearance right. because Stephen really, Macht is what 75 or so. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, when were you on the Love Boat? Mm. Were you on Love Boat or Fantasy Island, right? Well, you got to be on one of them. 42, yeah, yeah. So, had yeah, to be you'd be 35. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the love interest for uh, Charo or something like he that. He was on Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Oh, well, there it is with Bruce Boxlander. Ding. Uh, yeah, Knott's Landing. Okay, there we go. All the good stuff. Yep. Everyone in the cat was on Knott's Landing. That's, good that's grief. very true. Yeah. Very true. Guest stars to beat the band. Yeah, well, that so. is that is really that is really interesting. I wonder how, uh, I wonder how things would have gone in a different timeline where we did not have uh, Patrick Stewart. You know, I, I just I can't. It, it's almost impossible at this point to, for me to imagine someone else in that chair. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, IMDb corner. IMDb corner. M- maybe it'll maybe it'll come back again. Maybe we'll see. Um, So, friends, uh, as we wrap this up, uh, thank you so much for listening. And you know where to find us. Our Facebook group is uh, is active. It's got a lot of traffic. Uh, Look us up on the interwebs. Drop us a review on iTunes. And uh, stay tuned for Season 3, Episode 4, Passing Through Gethsemane, I believe. Ooh. Okay. Which uh, my... As memory serves, was a pretty fine episode, so we, so. we should be off and running to good stuff. They're all great episodes. Quite. Hmm. 
Until next time, folks. See you soon. See you. Bye.